Good morning, Covenant. Today's psalm is frequently read at memorial services. It was a common preaching text for congregations after the devastating event of 9-11. It is the biblical text for a classic hymn, A Mighty Fortress Is Our God. This psalm can be heard whispered across hospital beds. Psalms express in a timeless way the nature of God and the nature of humanity. We turn to Psalms for courage and for clarity and for comfort. The Psalms give us direction in the darkest, most confusing times of life. They help us when we are struggling to find words in times of both joy and sorrow. They gave us the ability to interface with God in every season of life. The Psalms ultimately take us to living in a place of hope. Theologian and Psalms scholar Walter Brueggemann, he classifies the whole Psalter, all of the Psalms, into three major categories. Psalms of orientation, psalms of disorientation, psalms of reorientation. Thomas spoke about this when he preached on the psalms this summer as we were journeying together through the, through the whole Bible with our preaching series, Stories of God. Brueggemann says that some psalms are written for good times when all is well with the world and the world feels sane and safe and orderly. Life is good and life makes sense. There are psalms written for these particular times of life called psalms of orientation. Hopefully the result of these times of life is that we are a grateful people and that we learn to express gratitude easily. But we all know that life is not always like that. So there are also psalms of disorientation written for times when things look hopeless and people are feeling vulnerable and anxious and afraid and it seems like the world is falling apart. Hurricane Harvey will officially be the worst disaster in Texas history. Watching Harvey wreak havoc on our state has been absolutely awful and disorienting. This week, a 34-year Houston police officer drowned in his patrol car trying to get to work to help people. A beloved track and field and football coach at a high school in Houston was swept away by the floodwaters. Three-year-old was found clinging to the lifeless body of her mom. And six people from one family, four of them children, all lost their lives. They were found days later when their van was swept away by the waters. We need a psalm to give us language to interact with God today. Our psalm this morning is a psalm of disorientation. 
It is sometimes categorized, categorized as a psalm of Zion as the city of God is mentioned. However, I agree with those who say it is better to classify this psalm as a psalm of confidence because the psalm points us not to put our hope in a place but rather in a presence that wills to dwell with people. God's word for us, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Oh God, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts, may it all be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. God, speak, for we need to hear from you. This we pray with expectation in the name of Jesus. Amen. The psalm opens with an affirmation that where the Lord is, all is well. It is a remarkable declaration of trust because it is set in between twin threats of natural and national chaos. In the psalm, the world literally seems to be falling apart. Even mountains, symbols of of strength and, and permanence, they seem to be sliding away. The psalmist describes our worst nightmare, the undoing of everything stable in our world. In God's story, in the beginning of God's story, in Genesis 1, Genesis 1 tells us that in the beginning, the earth was without form and void. There was nothing but chaos and darkness. However, God brought light and order into the chaos. The waters of chaos could now move and roar and foam and the mountains shake. But Israel, the people of God who always lived on the fringe of chaos, they were told by the psalmist, to not be afraid because God is your refuge. So the people of God, the Israelites, they depended on the faithfulness of God to push back the chaos time and time again. A fear that can withstand the collapse of creation. 
is possible, made possible only by a faith in the creator. The psalm dares us to believe in God, dares us to believe in God even when the ground is falling out from underneath us. We see in Psalm 46 the presence first of natural chaos, then we see the presence of national chaos. You hear those words that the nations are in an uproar, the kingdoms totter. We are reminded of the presence of national chaos, of political upheavals and wars every time we watch or listen to the news. Yet in the middle of all of the threats to our well-ordered world, we hear two times that remarkable refrain, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. God present with us in good times when, the nature, when nature is kind and the sea is calm and children are healthy and our personal well-being is secure and the crops are plentiful and God with us in the tough times. When nature is unkind and the mountains shake and the seas roar and, na- and radical change happen and absolutely nothing feels safe or secure, there is chaos, but God is in control of the chaos, which allows us to do a remarkable thing. Verse 10, to be still and to know that God is God. We are invited to trust God above everything. We are instructed to have a cognitive response to know, to know that the Lord is God. Know the God's past acts and histories. Know God's promises. Rest and trust in God, which is really hard to do when you are in the middle of a storm. I read this weekend a captivating article in Christianity Today written by David Taylor. David Taylor is on the faculty of Fuller Seminary. He is an assistant professor of theology and culture at the Extension in Houston. Taylor writes that Harvey had already been at work for three days before his wife asked him if he would go to the edge of their neighborhood so that they could assess more clearly whether they should stay or evacuate. So Taylor got on his mountain bike and rode to the edge of their neighborhood. They have a five-year-old daughter and a four-month-old son. He writes that they could not afford to make a poor decision. So he went, raced on his motor, uh, excuse me, his mountain bike, with water sometimes coming all the way up to his knees as he was trying to pedal his bike. He was startled to see a small black sedan bobbing up and down in the swollen waters like a child's toy in a bathtub. He then saw a canoe being pulled by two ropes with two women sitting in it and a dog Taylor immediately turned around and raced back home, and he and his wife quickly pulled things together in order to evacuate. Ten minutes after they exited their neighborhood, the floodwaters closed over their last way out. In his theology class at Fuller, Taylor teaches his students about the doctrine of providence. 
It describes God's work of preservation, conservation, and perfection of the world that God loves so much. A single mom and her two sons asked to take refuge in the Taylor's home while the Taylors were away just as the Taylors were trying to evacuate as the Taylors said goodbye to their friend. David was brought back in his mind to the last thing he told his theology students in the session on God's providence. He writes, all the sorrow and suffering of this world is a mystery. There is no wrapping our heads around it, there just isn't. It's a mystery whose meaning will only be disclosed at the end of the age. In the middle of it, all we can do is trust the one who has suffered with us and for us, the kind of God who weeps with us and who gives his life to serve the destitute, the down on their luck, the homeless, the penniless. The article concludes with Taylor writing that he can make absolutely no moral sense of Hurricane Harvey. Not now, not while he is in the middle of it. But he does find himself profoundly grateful for the people of God and for the countless good citizens who are moving toward him and toward the hometown that he loves so much in the middle of the storm, noting that if Jesus sends his spirit to the disciples of Jesus, to the followers of Jesus, so that they might be a renewed people, then the only reasonable thing for us to do as God's people is to somehow, some way, become Christ's wounded healers to a hurting world. Which, friends, is what we do now with Hurricane Harvey and with all of the other unwelcome, unwanted trials in your life and in the life of those you love. We move toward places of pain, which is really hard to do. And we become wounded healers to God's wounded world. A third and final season of life, in addition to orientation and disorientation, is reorientation where God restores and redeems. This is the season where a new chapter begins in our story, a new life and a new hope. Covenant has a mission partner, Austin Disaster Relief Network, ADRN. Some of you are seeing news about ADRN in the news that is happening around our city. It is a nonprofit comprised of over 175 partner churches. We are one of those churches and with thousands of trained volunteers. Mayor Steve Adler is urging those who wish to help the victims of Hurricane Harvey to drop off their, their goods, any goods that you collect, to ADRN locations. Sharing in a press release, ADRN is an indispensable part of the relief effort and we are going to be counting on ADRN as the effort stretches into the next weeks and months, which sounds to me like the mayor is asking the church to be a church that brings hope into disaster. Friends, as we grieve, as we ache, as we process all that we are witnessing, as we feel all of the many feelings that 
that we are having sometimes within a one-hour period. As we hold all of that before the Lord as a community of faith, I wonder if you would consider availing yourself to one, at least one of the three possible ways in order for us to be Christ-wounded healers to a wounded world. Here they are. First of all, we, all of us, you heard about this earlier, you've received a note about this, some of you, we are all invited this very day, soon in the context of worship, as you come forward for communion, to give to a special offering for flood relief victims. One of the things that happened because of not gathering for worship last Sunday, which was quite unprecedented in Covenant's history, is we did not collect an offering. Your session has made the decision that all of last week's offering, 100%, will go to Harvey Disaster Relief. Consider giving with joy and with generosity to that offering. We will be collecting today's offering as well. You can give online, somehow finding a way to participate with your financial resources. Secondly, ADRN is in need of many critical things for families who have lost everything. Austin has received some evacuees already. The anticipation is that we will receive any more, many more. You will find on Covenant's website a list, and it will be updated, of the most current needs that ADRN needs for hurricane victims. You can take those directly to ADRN. You can bring any household goods to Covenant. We will get it over there. So giving financially, giving of your possessions, and finally, would some of you consider attending a three-hour volunteer orientation and preparedness training? I attended this training on Thursday night with nine others from Covenant Prez. Over 500 people were in attendance. Many people are trained. They need more to be trained in order to handle the load that is coming to us, to walk beside families, to provide physical, spiritual, and emotional support until they can get back on their feet and in a safe place to live. Brothers and sisters, the needs are great and they will be for a very long time. This is gonna take a sustained effort on our part. Would you consider doing at least one thing in order to bring hope into chaos? Yes. Friends, out of the chaos, God speaks. Telling us of his presence with us no matter what life circumstances we find ourselves in. God would never leave us and he would never forsake us, although sometimes it sure can feel that way. God is with us. In our pain, God meets us and in time will reorient our life and make a way where there seems to be no way. God is the one who turns ashes into beauty, mourning into gladness and despair into praise. It is the Lord who reorients our life. Our call is to trust in this. And out of the chaos, God calls his people to move toward the pain of others to offer Christ's compassion and to be living witnesses. We are partners in God's mission. It has always been God's crazy plan to use us in his work. 
Friends, think about the times in your own life when you were in a season of disorientation, in a time of trial, in a time of chaos. Likely for many of you, one of the ways God reminded you that you were not alone is that he used another person to encourage you. We now get to be about the work of being vessels of compassion for another who is in a terrible time. It is a beautiful, sacred work. We turn our attention now to the table where we will come and experience communion with Christ, mindful of our brothers here in this room, our brothers and sisters here in this room and in far away places. If we come to this table with a hungry heart, Jesus promises that we will be satisfied. This is not only for our comfort, it is for the good of the world. We remember all who suffer. We receive the grace poured out for us. We come expecting God to meet us at this table. And we ask for the living God to speak words of comfort into our very being, reminding us to be still and to know that God is God. For the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. One of the ways that God so concretely reminds us of his presence with us is when we gather at the table. Before we do that very thing, Let's join our hearts together in prayer. Pray with me. Mighty God, we thank you that there is nowhere that we can go that puts us beyond your reach. We thank you for rescuing us in the past. We ask for your rescue and help in the present for all who suffer. God, we acknowledge that there is much that we do not understand. But we are reporting for duty yet again. If there is a way that we can be a part of the renewing of your creation. God, would you open our eyes to see someone who needs support, encouragement, and help. This we pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.